live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the online edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights, look at the bright We have tonight's guest, award-winning theater and search director and author of The Power of Ha, Stephen Hayes. Look at the night sky. And performance guest, Brian Nolan. I am Mark Lejeune. And now, our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. Thanks to a conversation with our guest, I hadn't thought of something in a long time, and that is the joy of going to the circus as a child. And I have to say that one of my favorite acts was uh, the the High Wire Act, for a lot of reasons. It was just, it was fascinating to me, and I would hold my breath and watch, and it was interesting and uh, well done and scary at the same time uh like because there's a little bit of you know danger uh or a lot uh but then uh, i remember the first time seeing this a clown came out and acted like he was going to do what the high wire uh artists had done and he did and it was amazing because he he did it and 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 he looked like he was falling and we gasp as kids and we'd be in suspense and and then and then he'd he'd fall on the wire in a funny way like he was gonna he like he hurt himself and then we'd laugh and and then he'd bring us back into suspense and back and forth and i don't remember exactly when it was but it was some time later, as I as I surely had grown up, I, I thought back or I saw somebody else do it or might have seen a Cirque du Soleil show and thought this, that, that the clown uh, actually had to have the exact same skills that the trapeze artist had, only more. Uh, and and he used them, so he he might have even had to have been better. I mean, uh, on the high wire, he might have had to even been better on the high wire, uh, because he he worked with he just he just worked with everything else, the face and the the body and the and he had to pretend like he was falling, and then catch himself. I I like I actually don't know how that's done like as if balancing and walking and dancing on a wire isn't hard enough and then doing it 30 feet in the air isn't hard enough a clown would convincingly pretend he doesn't know how to do it and pretend to fall and catch us i mean I, anyway so the art of clowning uh, might have been one of the most important art that we saw in those shows. And it's interesting that it, it was rarely talked about as how skillful that clown was. We, we'd laugh and, oh, he was funny or something, but how skillful, what talent, like what work that had to take. It's interesting, too, that when we're kids and we were playing, I would hear things like, stop clowning around, or stop being silly, or he thinks he's being funny. Actually, I still hear that as an adult, but thankfully, not towards me. So maybe, there we have it, we stop clowning around, and I think it's a good time that we start more, and I can't wait to learn more about this art form from a master teacher in just a moment. Oh, you've definitely heard people say that you're trying to be funny. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, what a profound insight. Oh, I, uh, you had me thinking about similar experiences, and then I thought about all of the guidance away from joy that we get, and then you expanded on that. And then I wondered, hmm, I wonder what it would be like if we did more of that in life. If we played around with things and maybe it wouldn't, we wouldn't be so afraid to fall or to stumble or, or, or whatever the case may be, right? We take things so serious and there's so much pressure and so little joy 
and uh, maybe our guests can give us some insights as to how to flip the script. Well, I can say actually that there was so much insight and joy in our conversation, and I've started reading his book, and there's so much insight there and and learnings. As you said, Mark, he's an award-winning theater and Cirque director. He's a comic act designer and a master teacher and author of The Power of Ha! Welcome, Stefan Haves, to The Life Changes Show. Hello. (laughs) Hello. You had me at hello. Yes, I'm so depressed. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's just the expectation is so high that I'm going to uh, give you this uh, magic bullet of comedy. But um, just to let you know, I'm I'm struggling along with everybody else on the planet. And that's why you loved that clown. Mm. Because mm. someone can have skill up above but who is the bridge to the audience? Who is the bridge to the child? The clown is. And the clown was the one who we cared that he succeeded as opposed to look at the amazing. So empathy flooded in for the audience, for that clown, because he was one of us if he's doing it well. And he's, he's actually captivating us as if it is his first time. And you buy into that, and then you love him. Wow. Wow. This, what you just said, it applies to everything. And, and, and actually, this is a good bridge to everything, because what you just said we need in everything, the empathy and the, and, uh, go on, please. I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes, than um, I do. <laughs> right. I don't even know. I'm just trying to s- discover it just now. See, I can't be an expert here. As I told you in our conversation earlier, as a teacher of clown, I'm not teaching you anything. I'm allowing you a safe container to remember when you were freaking brilliant with your buddy when you were six and seven and eight years old, when you didn't have the super ego just pummeling you with shame like i just want us all to go back to that point because we all have spirit and we all have freedom and if there's anything i teach and there's there's anything when i guide um a circus act a cirque clown act it's liberty and choices and if they don't like me i can pivot clowning is one of the only only art forms where if you go down the wrong path and you start to lose the audience, you remain conscious and you can pivot and, or say, I'm sorry, I went down the wrong path. And then you keep going. Wow. Again, we could use this skill for anything in our life. My gosh, relationships, work, uh, anything, uh, it daily rea- uh, daily interactions. Uh, you, so you mentioned empathy. Uh, when we spoke, you also mentioned vulnerability, which I didn't factor that in when I, when I was a kid and I never thought about it since. So please talk to us about that. Well, first of all, um, a circus is a, is a live art form and it has to be a live art form. Even Cirque du Soleil tried to do a television show and, and they failed at it. And it's the reason you described in your first anecdote is um, that sense of peril needs to be part of the equation. And so for um, the juggler, it's, is he going to keep all the objects in the air? For the high wire act, is he going to fall? And for the clown, is he going to keep us on his side because he's just making it up in the here and now? So so this is what makes circus so wonderful is that um, it's it, we there is the awe, A-W-E, and I provide the ha, and those two things together um, make for, um, that's kind of all we need in life. It doesn't matter if it's um, Cirque du Soleil on the Vegas Strip or if we're in the Himalayas and there's there's a little sadhu old guy who brings a sheep to go across the rocks and across a, a, a little tightrope himself. And the whole town just looks in amazement. So 
that sense of awe. But the thing that's important today is it's a collective sense of awe. The problem with um, the phones and doing video games by yourself and all that, it's not a collective experience. It's a solitary experience, which leads to depression, which which leads to a culture out of alignment. And so the, the, the need for circus or the need for um, for actually um, uh, the, the, the everyone watching the same thing and having the same reaction is a very human communal need, which is disappearing today. Uh, sadly, very sadly. So you you obviously are making a point for this being very important. I, I, I'm not sure I know or we know collectively why it's important. Well, one thing that that's that's important about the arts and where we're at is um, everybody is getting captured by uh, the the 2D, like I'm in Vegas right now and the sphere is here and you, it's almost like we're all getting into a very passive hallucinogenic place when it comes to the, the 2D holographic world that we're entering. However, the circus keeps the audience active by not showing so much and they have to actually work at at filling in the space the best director that Cirque du Soleil ever had was Franco Dragon and he would um he was more of an artist he would paint he would put a little um uh three people dancing to the left one guy on a on a tightrope and then someone diving into the water and then your brain had to put that together and make a story today in today's world there's th th we are becoming passive in in the art form and um circus provides a place for us all to fill in the blanks still because it is so um human generated when it's good if somebody were to I want to do what you're doing. Uh, it, you started in the streets and you were like learning your way and, and making mistakes as, as you shared. Uh, are those mistakes important? And do you say to somebody, go learn in the streets or both learn here too? Or Yeah. Um, I, I would say, first of all, there's no mistakes. Uh, the 20, I did this when I was 21. I was a brat from West LA. I didn't know anything about the street to be a good street performer. You have to be a street brawler. You have to be able to, to, um, deal with homeless people walking through crack addicts, da, 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 da. And I wasn't very good on the street, but you're, I was in my early twenties. And as I've told my daughter, uh, the twenties is learning what you don't want to do, what, not what you want to do. So ultimately, any little field trip you do is technically not a mistake. It's a put that in the the bucket of things that I don't want to do anymore. And then I'm moving forward. And then hopefully it it you, you keep going, but but the 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 notion of mistake and failure um provides a byproduct of shame. And shame is the is the clown's enemy. I I I I don't. I think everybody I, that comes into my class, they say, "Oh, I'm shy," and I say, "Well, shy is selfish, because uh, you are selfish because you're choosing who you're going to share your spirit with. You'll do it with your friends and family, but when you come into a room with strangers, you're saying, "Oh, I'm going to withhold." So what I want you to be able to do in clown class is to be able to uh, be generous with all your ideas. And the judge and jury is the audience. You'll feel the calibration of failure for a second. What is failure? That's not lack of connection. That's not failure. That's lack of connection. And there is always a pivot to connection. Wow. So the in the process 
a, a clown learns or or you started out as a juggler actually right uh, in the streets yeah i was i was, I was actually pretty, as an actor <laughs> yes i actually i was an actor in la because i grew up in la so um i was doing commercials when i was 15 and 16 years old you know so um so i was doing that and then i got into improv comedy and then i had a really really good professor from czechoslovakia who um see there's one thing that all clowns have in common and that is um Tr trouble with authority figures okay there hmm. for me to be uh for me to be a good actor in hollywood i gotta be a dog but clowns are cats they're doing their own thing so i <laughs> i don't even call myself a clown director i call myself a clown wrangler and i got these weird stallions who are all trying to um one up my authority and it and it gives me so much pleasure to be in a room of of people who hate authority because with my background that's something that i had to deal with and so i love being the person who i watch the adjustments of them trying to uh take me down that's that's <laughs> immense pleasure well so so actually perfect so you 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 studied acting or you acted and uh and now you're a master clown teacher what is the difference okay is good question um the the clown master that i worked with all um in paris was a guy named philip golier and people like richard rush a a emma thompson um like some of the best actors in the world have worked this clowning and and basically good acting and good clowning is the same because both of them require um, uh, a truth. Now, the truth of an actor is they're going to um, endow themselves as another cr character. The clown is trying desperately to be another character, but he's just himself with a stupid hat. But he is always himself doing the best he can in the here and now. So the conceit of a who, what, and where of somewhere else isn't there. It's just a schmuck on stage doing the best he can and finding the rhythm or finding the game. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, I've got to mention before we go on a break, really briefly, I, I want to touch on uh, the, the back man. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Uh, um it's hard yeah. to describe <laughs> I, I, yes i i i hope we, we, we did i give you did i give you a link to it because no hey, i found it on my own oh good <laughs> a couple Stephen of Hames, them Stephen Hames back man yes and um basically i i you know i i had i had a hard time at the first clown school i went to and i left i actually dropped out of clown school because i didn't think they were funny and i was very judgmental of the teachers but um but while I was at that school, I was doing a uh, exercise on on breath and I was in the yoga plow position and I realized that I had a, a vertebrae that was sticking out and it looked like a nose. So I put two dots above it while I'm in with my butt in the air, legs over the head and the two dots became eyes. And I realized I could write in that position and it had a whole life. So um, and then um, I. I won $10,000 on America's Funniest People. And then I had an old vaudeville uh, manager named Gil Miller, who uh, told me that I could go to Europe and do um, TV shows all over the world. And I ended up doing it, not with him, but with someone else. I did a Fresno gig with him, but, but I went to uh, Europe with a Parisian agent. And so I did... Um, variety this variety act all over the world uh, brilliant and and you you made enough money to support your family with that right uh yes i did you, literally working your back <laughs> yes ouch 
<laughs> okay, so we are, as you can tell, we are talking to a, a master teacher of clown. It's uh, Stefan Haves, and his book we're going to talk about when we come back, The Power of Ha. We've already talked a little bit about it, and some of these stories are in there for sure, and so many more, and so many lessons, actually. You can go to... Uh, stephanhaves.com and that's stephan s-t-e-f-a-n haves h-a-v-e-s dot com a little later we'll have our ask dorothy segment and then joining us on the show is our performance guest brian nolan all on the life changes show online edition when we come back after this want to connect with amazing people who are committed to making a difference from the Heart Tribe is a platform, community, and movement with the purpose of bringing like-minded humans together to help animals and the environment in order to gain a stronger connection and understanding of the world around us. They are dedicated to effectuating positive change by empowering individuals to organize meaningful and engaging experiences that build compassion for animals and the natural environment. Their founders' and members' passion is to inspire others to actively get involved in their homes, their communities, and the world to raise awareness about the issues we face and most of all to be part of the solution. Through their efforts they have also accomplished some amazing and tangible achievements. Their pickup for paradise beach cleanups have collected over 50,000 pieces of foreign debris and also thanks to animal rescue and recovery volunteers over 30 percent of the volunteers have become vegan or reduced their meat intake. Daily habits make a big difference. Please join any of their upcoming events by going to fthtorg and signing up for their newsletter. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at From the Heart Tribe. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All five beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi Beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at phibeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, beads.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We are back and we are having a great conversation with Stefan Haves and we are going to dive a little bit more into The Power of Ha, his new book, uh, that has uh, recently just come out, became a number one bestseller on Amazon. And the uh, subtitle is Connecting Through the Heart of Humor. What, what, is, what is at the heart of humor that we need to connect with, uh, Stefan? Um, well, as I said before, um, humor, um, the heart of humor is different than laughter. The heart of humor, once again, like I said earlier, is is all about connecting with others. And that connection um, is so um, needed and necessary in this day and age. So, so, you know, everybody says to me, like I go to a party and they say, I say I work with clowns and they go, oh, make me laugh. I go, oh, you're a CPA, balance my checkbook. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like everybody wants a result or they say I'm I'm scared of clowns and there's a real reason why people are afraid of clowns in the United States. I mean they've been demonized um in the movies, they've been um uh, laughed at in the movies, they've been, you know, there's been, 
you know, people, mass murderers who were clowns. But but ultimately, the clown um, is an important archetype. Now, ultimately, there is the sideshow clown where it's scary. But ultimately, what's interesting to me is the clown that challenges the status quo. Doesn't doesn't toe the line, but finds out where the line is. Wow. And, and somehow actually crosses into, you say, healer. Yes, they are. It is a healer and it is it is the truth teller. It is absolutely the truth teller. You know, um, right now our our society is is skewing towards a, a very uh, fragile um, young generation who made it through the pandemic. Who who have a lot of um, burden on their shoulders um, in terms of uh, racial divide, sexual divide, all of these things, and um, the clown can look at these, even these particular issues, and guilelessly, innocently um, ad- address them, as opposed to with a. Um, with, with an agenda. I just did a show uh, at Tim Robbins, the actor's gang. Uh, it was a Christmas show. And I knew my thesis was two things. I knew I needed to make it immersive because nobody wants to sit and watch someone else. They want to be part of something else. And the second one was I had to make it gender fluid because that's important in this day and age. Um, so I did a NASA holiday space party where all the NASA nerds were drag kings and all their wives were like mad men, uh, drag queens. But this was a family friendly show. And I didn't even make it about um, the cross dressing. I made it about the vulnerability and comedy of somebody sitting in a chair and falling down or something. And kids would go and then they'd bring their friends the next day and we were sold out. So um, it's, it's, it's an important um, thesis in this day and age when we're so reactive and ready to cancel or ready to, to stop certain arts or we're ready to burn a book. It's like the clown can link both sides together in laughter it's interesting you mentioned well this day and age and when i shared with you that i saw one of your projects full moon uh you asked me where i saw it right specifically for a reason yes i did and 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 please share that because uh we're in we're in that kind of time only worse i think yes absolutely um uh, part of the uh, reason Full Moon did so well in uh, Los Angeles is because there was one of the biggest earthquakes that we in, had to endure in in this city, and people were tiptoeing back out into the world. And um, when they saw two clowns and wonderful music, it was a healthy respite, and it was a a vacation in their brain for what might occur in the big scheme of things and today we have global warming and all that you know so it's like it's it as you said it's much more severe in this in this climate today and and so i was saying when we were talking earlier that that this work is is so important more than ever and we don't laugh enough we don't uh experience enough of this live you know you 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 didn't mention it but you were hinting also at not just 2d but ai uh which you have no fear of yes i i have no fear of ai because all i care about is the live theater my contact with another uh with audience with it with a with a group of folks and so um that's that's not going to i I, I don't believe that it can replace um, the communal seduction of um, uh, sp- spectators and performers. 
you actually when we were talking about backman it when you say the communal seduction you remind me of of something you said that i not heard about and f i was fascinated by collective hallucination that's right i mean i mean um the nice thing that you do in theater if you don't hit it on the head or you're not doing naturalistic theater where you're just trying to um replicate um you know kitchen sink naturalism is once again, it's like what I was talking about with Franco Dragone and the 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 um, the success of Cirque du Soleil is that you have to be active where your mind is putting things together and you're doing that next to your family and next to all these other people. So there's a collective hallucination in the moment and your story is different from your the person you're sitting next to's story. But it's the one that heals you. That's your healing story. And even if you all have a different story, that's the one you chose to to give yourself solace and uh, warmth and 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 healing. Wow. Okay. So uh, you've mentioned Cirque du Soleil for many reasons, uh, many times because you have been such a big part of it and uh, have contributed so much to it. Uh, what is uh, the inner child uh, aspect of Cirque du Soleil? I mean, there, there's a couple of things that, that Cirque du Soleil, um, on, on one hand, they were way ahead of, they were able to, like the, um, the, the sense of hallucination, the dream world that we go into, and the archetypal journey, the you know the hero's journey, they they were able to link the hero's journey with uh, the best athletes in the world, and they didn't do it with animals. And they did, um, and the um, the costumer was amazing, the music was amazing, but it was it 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 was the crossover like plant medicine can be like psilocybin can be but but it was once again a shared hallucination in in the flesh now the nice thing that i was able to do um whenever i worked with them was what is the my job is the interstitial so it's not the actual acts it's the 30 seconds of the person walking off stage while another one walks on what's their what is their relationship in that moment and how do I pay it off? So the audience goes, oh my gosh, he was scared of him. And now he, he vanquished him later. So I would, I would, but once again, I did it in pictures. I didn't do it. I didn't hit you over the head with the narrative. Wow. Well, as I'm, as I'm reading the book, you, you're, you're sharing so much you're not hitting us over the head you're and you're being very vulnerable and and uh just just putting it out there what uh what do you want the reader to come away with because i'm not done yet so like what do i what should i be walking away with in your mind after um, reading the power of ha after reading the power of ha I want you to, when I sign people's books, I say the power of you, Oh, the, lim the limitations that you create for yourself are a mirage. They are not real. And um, ultimately that shyness, that, that withholding of your dreams, you can actually try because you know something the the, the consequences aren't really that scary. And you will replay trauma from your past when you were in fourth grade and everybody laughed at you, something happened to you. But while you get on stage over and over again, uh, your own trauma will release and you'll get bored by it. And then you'll start to turn your lens away from your own pain and to other folks. And that's when the clown becomes the healer. So the on stage could be a, a, a metaphor for any aspect of our lives. Yes, yes, absolutely. It doesn't matter. And all we're doing, I, all we're doing is telling stories. And it doesn't matter if we tell it through song, tell it through act, um, artistry, dance, movement. And even if you just go out on a Saturday night and 
dance, to go to a silent disco and once a week. I mean, what stories do you want to tell? Because we all have stories that are worthy. And if we don't withhold, our lives will be immeasurably more full of spirit. And that spirit will combat the, the, the 2D autocratic nature of what is coming towards us in the uh, technological world. Wow. Well, we've titled this episode, thanks to you, The Power of Ha, which is your book, and Be the Most Authentic You, which are, uh, which are aspects that are possible through this kind of work, correct? Absolutely, yes. So, and, it, and it takes work. You have to really, you, you, you can't live in a victim triangle of prey, predator, and rescuer. You gotta, you gotta turn the lens away from others and put it on yourself and say, what do I want with these other souls who are equal to me? As opposed to, oh, this audience hates me. Oh, they, da, 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 whatever stories you're, you're giving yourself that prevents you from, from performing to your potential. Wow. Wow. The power of ha. Find it uh, where books are sold online. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon or it was at one point. Stefan Haves, S-T-E-F-A-N-H-A-V-E-S dot com. You can also find him on uh, Facebook as well. We have his links at Life Changes Show page for Stefan. Uh, and we have a video, but maybe we need to also put the video. If you send us a link, uh, Stefan, we'll put the video of Backman. Okay, will do. <laughs> what a pleasure getting to connect with you and, and share your wisdom. I, I trust there'll be more. Okay, well, thank you. And thank you, Mark, for, uh, for, for this. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. It's just absolutely brilliant. We have so much more to learn from you. All right. Well, thank you. I have I have a lot to learn from me too, but I I just have to wait. And see what's <laughs> You'll well, have we'll to wait stand for by for uh, for yeah. the for the sequel, The Power of Haha. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Tracy in Los Angeles. I was just informed that a good friend of mine has passed away, and I'm so very sad. She and her two sisters and I used to hang out together quite often when we all lived in Los Angeles. And even though they all moved to Arizona, we have remained close through social media. I am having difficulty in releasing the pain of her passing and need some help with coping with the loss. Do you have any suggestions that will assist me in moving through this painful experience? My dear Tracy, dealing with death is one of life's greatest challenges and my heart goes out to you at this difficult time i lovingly suggest that you take some time off for yourself to cope with your loss so you can process your feelings this could be a great time for you to reunite with your loving family members so they can assist you in your grieving process you mentioned that you she and her sisters hung out together often so the first step you might wish to take is to contact the sisters and help them with their grieving process. And this will help you. Talking about the good times you shared could bring some peace to all of you. Another thing that I do when someone I know and love passes is to write a letter to them, reminding them of how much they mean to me and how grateful I am for their being a part of my life. Knowing that our souls live forever, I go into a meditative state and read the letter to their higher self from my higher self, and this helps me cope with the loss. I trust that you will love yourself through this process and take the time needed to move through this painful loss. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guest, singer, songwriter, guitarist, Brian Nolan, here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition, right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author, Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, 
is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes and Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back, and our performance guest tonight is singer, songwriter, guitarist, Brian Nolan. Brian, all the way from Arkansas, welcome to the Life Changes Show. Hello, Filippo. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, good. Good to, good to finally connect with you. I saw you uh, were going to be performing with some friends of mine, and then when I... I, I was a little jealous. I thought he, he, he I want to be, I haven't been in LA in so long. And here you were from Arkansas coming to LA to perform. Good on you, man. It's so cool. It really is. Um, I'll kind of explain how we got all this together. Uh, you know, the beginning of the uh, pandemic where everybody was sitting at home and um we went to facebook and we started doing live streams and you know all the time and they're actually i have connections with people all over the world now uh, because of that but um brian was brian pizzoni was one of the first people in la that i saw and he was playing blackbird on piano and <laughs> if you've ever heard him play oh my goodness gracious but uh so i met him through that and we started talking and another friend toby simmons and uh then jennifer biggs walton and toby said hey come out here on one of my posts jennifer said hey i've got a place you can stay for a little bit if somebody else can so i ended up going i think it was last november was my first trip out there and then uh we had another one in january and then in July. Um, but what we do is we kind of, uh, there's five of us. It's uh, Jennifer Biggs Walton on violin, Brian Bezzoni on piano, Oliver Walton on cello, Bob Borge on harmonica, and then I play guitar and sing. And another, we do these house concerts. Another good thing, house concerts, another good thing that came out of the pandemic. Uh, so you strive for peace, love, and music. So this is all part of what we're needing. So tell us what that inspiration is for you. Well, it's just, um, you know, uh, we, I was listening to that earlier, uh, with, uh, um, with Stefan. Yes. Yeah. And he said so many things that, you know, Art 
they're all alike in that way. Um, I'm searching for peace. I'm playing music for people to bring them a good time. I'm, um, you know, of course, I want everybody to love everybody. Um, and that's a hard thing to do, but, you know, it's work. And so the peace, love and music, we're striving for peace and love. And music just encapsulates all of everything that we do. I mean, a song could be about, um, <laughs> uh, what was I thinking there? Well, it's gone now. But <laughs> well, <laughs> it I, could I, be about anything, you know. <laughs> well, it's interesting because in relation to the story that you told me earlier, peace, love, and music is all you really wanted. And yes. so you, 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 you describe to the audience, if you would, why music was so important in your life as a child. All right. Um, um, growing up, we listened to a lot of music. Um, my mom and dad divorced when I was six years old, and music was always the moment we were all okay. Everything was good. And that goes from, you know, then to the, also the healing of the divorce. Uh, remember my dad, uh, one of the first summers I went to see him after the divorce, he pulled out a, um, born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. And I remember hearing, uh, just that whole album, but the one that really got me was, Oh, I'm on fire. And, you know, it just music can heal you and it it helps you um, learn about yourself a lot. Um. <laughs> well, speaking of healing, uh, you wrote a song and we're going to get to hear it now that's pre-recorded yes. for your sister. Yes. And and I I asked you if it was a love song because I heard it and uh and I I thought it was a love song and it is it's yes, a it love is. song to your sister. Yes. Um my sister's older than I am and uh I saw a lot of bad relationships uh throughout um many years of her life but this isn't this is something I didn't say earlier. We're military brats. And my sister met her first boyfriend in Athens, Greece, when we lived there. Then we move away and all these years in between. Well, that's because of Facebook. Again, because of Facebook, they found each other many, many years later and got back together. And they're just like, I don't have to worry about my sister anymore. He's uh... a great man. She's happy as can be. Uh, I did play this song at their wedding 20 years ago. Uh, so the song is that old. But uh, I finally found the right people uh, to help me perform it um, or record it, which uh, that's Jennifer Biggs Walton is on violin. Brian Pedsoni's on piano. Oliver Walton on nice. <laughs> And uh, then Brian Wolverton, upright bass, Pat Lindsay on percussion. But it's... Uh, well we're gonna hear it let's yeah. let's not let's say any more about it here's uh <laughs> <laughs> brian nolan's pre-recorded song blue sky here on the life changes show
Brian Nolan. Now I'm going to spell Brian's name. And then as far as his links are concerned, I'm going to refer you to the Life Changes Show webpage uh, for Brian Nolan. So it's Brian with an I. And then Nolan is N-A-H-L-E-N. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Brian. And it's good to know uh, all of our friends are on the it's, on the recording. It's so cool, man. <laughs> it's so cool. Speaking yeah. of so cool, uh, the next song we're going to play, unfortunately, we're going to have to, like that was faded. And, uh, yeah. and this next song, unfortunately, we're going to have to fade. But it goes on like one of these 70s rock songs uh like i haven't heard in a long time so uh and we don't know how to call that but it's cool so you'll have to get the song uh if you want to hear the rest of it but we're going to play a clip here but before we do uh we were talking about it and you had the title yes and then and then and then and then, <laughs> and then that was it, man. No, and then, you know, scrolling through Facebook and I have a bunch of pages, uh, planetary, uh, the universe, this NASA, all this kind of stuff. And I saw this picture that was taken by the Mars orbiter uh, of the Earth and the moon. And it's quite a striking shot. Um, it's it's so beautiful and it's so just that's us right there man there we are so i saw that picture i had that title and it just it happened you know sometimes these just in 30 minutes you write a song but this was one of those moments and uh i wrote the lyrics to it and then we developed the ending to it uh, but the first half of the song was written within 30 minutes one evening but um it just of how beautiful life is here but how hard we struggle and all the things we go through it's 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 really tough at times and i know a lot of people going through hard times and i wanted to write something to help lift us up well, thank you for that and here's Brian Nolan's pre-recorded song Hiding Behind blue skies on the life changes show hiding behind blue skies living with all these lies i can't take any Working it out in my mind Tell myself it's gonna be alright Rings falling down my face Never thought I'd be the one lost in space Unraveling dark worlds Hoping the sun's gonna make them shine Shine their brightest 
And there it is, Brian Nolan. Again, Brian with an I and then N-A-H-L-E-N. And his links and a video are on the webpage for Brian on the Life Changes Show website. Brian, what a pleasure connecting. And maybe we'll get to perform someday in L.A. together. Oh, that would be lovely. I'll let you know next time I'm out there. I'll have to call Jennifer. Yes. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you so, so much for having me on the show. It's our pleasure. All the best to you. And with a big thank you to Brian Nolan and then a big thank you to Stefan Haves. That is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our, ex our executive producer and co-host, Mark Lejeur, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.